Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you I'm so much. Excited about having you. You know, uh, uh, we've had some good times together. We sure have. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, the uh, you know when we start looking at modular buildings, this is a big topic for us, right? We've had uh, we've had uh, a lot of runs at modular buildings in construction. Yes, you know for uh, uh, for most of my career, I've I've seen you know, different iterations of a run, and I think this is it. We're gonna we're gonna all oh, gonna go modular, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 it's coming. You know, and then it seems like we go backwards a little bit, and then we then we go forward, and we go backwards a little bit. Um, you know, so it's, it's a lot to talk about, and we're going to get all into all that, but I think it makes sense for us to go back a little bit and talk about you, right, and uh, uh, what your background and a little bit how you got here, and uh, let's just kind of start there. I love it. You know what? Uh, I come from a long line of contractors, Nice. and uh, you and I shared last night, I, I told my father I would never work in the construction industry, and I can't <laughs> escape it. I've been in construction my whole life, so it's been a blessing, though. You know, it's it's fun to build and it's fun to watch things grow. And uh, I, I've had varied experiences. I, I started my career uh, actually at a civil engineering firm and uh, a little bit out of the construction industry, so I thought. And uh, from there, I went to an environmental engineering firm and then ended up at McDonald's. Building, so building so you, you, went, you went from the from the contractor side yes, to the dark side yes sir to the darker side <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> so and then uh from there i went to uh, actually there's a gentleman don eichner who hired me at mcdonald's and uh i, I was there oh, gosh, about four years yeah. and he went to uh uh carl's jr he goes hey i got a great job for you why don't you come on over and i i followed him to carl's jr Within a year, he went on to Chick-fil-A. He's still there today. Nice. I kept begging me to come on, but I ended up staying at Carl's Jr. for about 12 years. So nice. um, learned quite a bit in uh, those first gosh, 15, 16 years with between uh, McDonald's and Carl's Jr. Uh, I, I went to the darker side. I actually sold signs for a year. And uh, <laughs> biggest, one of the biggest uh, career mistakes of my life. But uh, great company, great people. It just was not my cup of tea so uh but i went back to carl's jr for a year and then I, I moved on to carl's jr and a gentleman by the name of aaron harris works at popeyes uh went to work at dutch bros and i've known him for years he called me on the phone he goes i got this great job for you i'd love for you to come on over and uh meet the team and see if it's something you're interested in i flew up had a great conversation with the owners um very salty earth down you know great people and i realized you know what this is the brand i want to work for I mean, they, they care about people, they care about, you know, the future of, of children and, you know, that are working underneath them. And I thought, wow, I can really make an impact here. And uh, well, that's kind of cool, though. We're, we're a lot like a baseball trading team. We definitely baseball teams, right? We kind of trade players back and forth between uh, different places, and you, and you get on with the team. You're not sure where the run. You know, are you are you going for the? Uh, are, you, are you guys going to make it to the? Uh, you know, to the finals, and uh, you know, it's 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 it, they always have these little runs with with different groups. Yeah, no doubt. So, so it's kind of fun to get into that. Yeah, I, and I do. I, I honest, honest, Scott, I, I meet people in the industry at trade shows and things like that, that that i've known for 20 25 years just because we all move from business to business and it's kind of funny to see where they're at today so 
That's what I love about like ICSC going to that show every year. It's like old home week. It is. You know, you go see your brothers and sisters that you know, they're, they're, uh, and they're like they're like wars we fought. Oh yeah. Right? I look. It's kind of like we go fight these battles, right? You know, the guys that I worked with at Boston Market, or the people that I worked with uh, at, at Blockbuster Video, or the people that we worked at with Einstein Bagels or Aubin Pan or Panera Bread. Those were little battles that we fought out there, oh, yeah. right? Development battles across the country, and you know, you go, you, you troop up, and you go out and you fight, uh, fight the fight the battle. But uh, you know, you, you get a lot of great experience and great relationships with oh, them. Oh yeah, you know they're, no they become really great friends. Brothers in arms, yeah, is what we say. Yeah, yeah. you know what? It's uh, you know, and, and you talk about the battles, right? It was a, it's a battle of growth, or it's a it's a battle of of the decline, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the whole industry is wrought with the ebbs and flows of the economy, so um, it, it's very stressful. But at the same time, it's a lot of it's a lot of excitement and fun. So, well, that was one of the reasons why I started CDO Group was I had gone through battle after battle after battle with different groups. And it was tough because you'd go through this and you're working your tail off. You know, I was, I had gone through the finals of, of uh, the final cutbacks on Einstein bagels. And I, yeah. We're at a meeting in, in DC and it, you're the team that's going to be here. And at the meeting, I got cut. Right. You're like, wow. you made it through like six or seven cuts of staff and the, the accounting team at the meeting, like you have one more They They're like, we weren't there. And the board director said, you have to do one more. And, and my boss walked in, he was crying. Like, like literally we had been, we're that we we're friends for that long. And, and uh, just looked at it like, man, that's a tough one to go through. And you know, I had to look at each other and that, that not, that that's a tough one, right? You go through them. And I finally said, well, maybe I could, um, create a company where I could do the same thing I loved doing, but I could do it over multiple brands. And then we could, you know, if, if one was up, one was down, one was up and it made it, well, that not only that, it was also difficult for my young family at the time. Yes. I kept uh, changing, you know, I, I had nine great career moves, but they were, you know, I had to keep moving. And, uh, you know, that's, there's an impact to your family and life in this business. You're, you're, you're kind of a, you know, a hired gun to go out and uh, to be a mercenary for a brand to build them. <laughs> That's a great analogy. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you get to you get to Dutch brothers. You love, you love them and uh, you get to spend some time. Uh, you, you get in, you get in house. So how long have you been there now? So I've been there all, uh, coming up on four years. Nice. And so when I got there, we had about 270 locations, we have okay. 578 now and in, in under four years, they've been wow. in business 30 years. So it was kind of a mom and pop run business. It was a lot of family and friends, you know, very, very strong franchise growth. And uh, we just surpassed the number of corporate stores uh, versus franchise locations. So, and that just, and that, it, that came with a crew of hiring 22 people on my team now. And uh, I mean, just phenomenal groups, all ages, ranges, you know, it's, it's just an incredible team. So. So as you're growing the team, you know, uh, there, there's a lot in that conversation, right? You're, you're, yes. build, you're building this great team. They're all different ages, different groups. Uh, you know, it, it tests you as a leader, right? You're, you're now uh, looking at every part of the business to grow it, right? You know, from the construction projects that you're doing to the way that you execute with the team, the way you lead that team and all the stuff that goes. I mean, I, I, you know, for me, I, I feel this constant evolution uh, of, of um you know, there's this constant evolution of me. Yes. Right. As much as much as the team we go through, I have this constant evolution, and uh, uh, you know, it feels like uh, uh, you know, I, I got I'm constantly evolving. Right. I have to step up into it and step into being vulnerable again. Yes. Right. I walk in and all right. There's a whole. There's all these new young people that are there, and I'm like, okay. 
they they were like you know the, the guys who trained me were they were kind of hardcore oh, right yeah. they would cuss at you oh yeah right? you'd walk in you know at boston market it would not be uncommon to have a chair fly across the room yes yeah you, you would you would you know you, it was kind of a little bit rough and tumbly yeah today you that that does not work doesn't work, doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. you know they were uh the language and the way that we interact with people just it was it was tough to tough to do that so yeah no doubt you know even when i was at mcdonald's Towards the end of of my my stint there, there was a gentleman that I was working with, um, who uh, the way he would talk to people was just would drive me insane. And I and I would say, hey, you know, this is in the 1950s. I said this is a different style of management, and it's evolved even further yeah. from that point to where we are today. And and actually, I embrace I embrace everyone's knowledge on the team. Right? You 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 think you're, you know, people look up to you as a leader, but at the end of the day, you know, you're you're just as nervous. Of making a wrong decision as they are as make, making a wrong decision but i think that you need to grab the information the idea of the inverse pyramid and we talked a little bit about that whereas a leader you need to take you know the the knowledge from the people that are on the front lines and kind of filter it down and make a decision based on that and so i do listen and i think that's the most important thing to do is to listen and, and grab the best knowledge and then make a decision based on that and i think that our team has that collective ability to be able to manage uh, projects that way and uh, have open discussions and it's worked well for our brand so and that's actually driven from our our ceo as well well and i think that's a hard one uh, you know for most of the time i've uh, as a leader you go through these i don't know about you but for me i go through these places where it's vulnerable to let go and let them yes. do it right because you're you're kind of tasked with making sure it goes forward and a lot of what my career was if i just worked harder i would get this done but then somewhere along the way, you realize that in order to get to the next level, you can't work that hard. Yeah. There's, there's not enough hours in the day. You can't take enough time away from your family. You, you, it's just not sustainable. And being vulnerable and letting go and letting a team of people uh, do that. You know, I, we had a consultant that came in here and uh, she, uh, one of the first things she did is she walked to my office and she goes, hey, I'm going to lock your door. I'm like, oh, that's good. I, I'll get some time to focus. They won't come in here. She goes, no, 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 no. That's to keep you in the office. Stop going out there and getting everybody's business. I go, whoa, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. It was <laughs> like, what, what? She goes, yeah. It goes. Every, you've hired these amazing people, and every time you walk out there, you kind of jump into their business. Yeah. And let them let them go through some pain. Let them go through it. And I'm like, I'm just trying to save them. You know, the headache of it. Well, look, that in order for them to lead the company that you you've created that you you've got here. They're going to go down there. And at first it was really vulnerable yeah. and uh, it felt a little, there was raw, really raw sitting behind my desk, <laughs> yeah. like, like, like you're nervous about it. And I was like, wow. So uh, uh, great stuff to talk about. I think, I think that's a great, uh, great thing to, you know, to identify with, with growing it. So now you've grown a team now, now you're focused on, you've got this big team yeah. and your numbers are, you now need to grow the number of stores you're doing. And uh, this is where we start getting into the conversation about modular. Yes. Right. I think that that's a cool conversation to really start to unpack. Where did you start to think about that? How did that process get started? <laughs> so, you know, it's really funny. So, so, so if I can digress, so our, our company went public uh, about six, uh, about five months ago, five, six months ago. And so we've been tasked to, to grow the brand. Right. And so um, we knew it was coming. We, we saw it on the horizon. Um, I work with an incredible partner in Aaron Harris. And we literally sat um, on the phone one night at 11 o'clock at night. We're saying, hey, how are we going to make this happen, right? We 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 utilize build a suit developers for some of our growth, but you know that will only get us so far. It's probably about 
40% of our business at this point. Um, but we're, we're saying, Hey, how can we build faster, better before pre COVID we were, our builds were down to 75 days. I mean, we were, we were slamming them out. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And after COVID, I mean, we're, we're back up now 122 days on average. So, so you're building a suit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. that yes. That's more of a, um, a, when you say build a suit, that's a developer that you partner with. That's correct. And they do a complete turnkey project for you where you guys just, you give an address or they give you the address and some numbers, you guys agree on the numbers and then they turn over a completed, I mean, is it hundred percent completed when you get it's it? It's hundred percent complete. Got you it. know, I, I, and you know, the, the thought behind it is, is, hey, it's going to be easier. It's going to be less coordination. It's still a lot of coordination. We can talk a little bit about that when we come to the modular component as well. Um, you know, you still, unfortunately, you still have to have your hands touching it enough that you, you can guide, you know, sure, sure. guide the ship. So, um, but but on the build suit developer side, we have some fantastic partners. We, you know, we're, we're always testing other, other partners throughout the country. Um, it's a very, it, you know, a lot of people think that, the development industry is easy. You and I've been doing it a long time. You know, it's not. It's changed dramatically over the last twenty years, and um, every every week, I'm surprised. Yeah, right. I feel like a rookie. Yeah. Right. Right. right, right I'm like, right. I, I'm like, I've never heard this before in my life. I've been doing this, you know, my whole career. <laughs> so, you know, we were like, say, we, we we talked a little bit about that. It is, it's, it's humorous, but it's frustrating at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, but yeah. So so actually, Aaron and I were talking one night about eleven o'clock at night about hey, how, how can we do this better, faster, you know, stronger, and. Um, uh, I've had experience in panelized uh, buildings, haven't worked well over the years. I mean, you know, we, we can't find a system that works well, it, it never could for over, over 20 years. So then we started talking about modular, we're saying, hey, who does modular well? And we were kind of looking at all the different brands. And, and actually, if I can digress, when uh, Dutch Bros started, they had mobile homes were their shops. I mean, they're <laughs> 200 square foot shops on wheels that were stick built that they would roll into place and pave up to, and they would have a drive through on both sides. And that's how they started their business. Really? So, and that was, you know, that was, yeah. you know, after they had throw, had their, their pop-up tent with an espresso machine, kind of a, <laughs> a story in itself. But uh, we said, Hey, how, how can we replicate that? But in a little different fashion, we realized that rallies and checkers had been doing it for years. And so we sought out their, their supplier. And so it's a company called Valiant out of uh, Florida. And uh, um, he's, they've been, been building for 30 years for uh, checkers you know and, and you know in, in that every brand that you go through right even even in the modular world right uh companies like value who've been doing it you know we worked on checkers and and, and even they're they're still not the they haven't gotten the, the to today's technology right That's there's correct. still yeah. a lot of the old school 2d drawings right you've got this part of it hey we're going modular Yes. Right. Great idea. But you still got 2D design going on, hand sketches and and things that aren't, you know, that next level up. And you're like, well, you've gotten part of the system. Right. Yeah. right? And I, I think that's part of what we see right in, in the modular world is that it isn't a hundred percent integrated. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe that's part of the learning of the world, right? And a part of it is we kind of go, okay, great. We modular works. We understand that getting a finished product to the field. And, and being able to uh, unload it and put it in place much quicker changes things. It makes it a lot more predictable, right? It makes our, our schedules, our construction schedules, a lot more predictable. Now, how do we get the build to be predictable? How do we get the ordering to be predictable? How do we get the budgeting to be predictable? Yes. All of those components 
take the other parts of the system. So it's not just the build component, it's now the design component. How is it not in Revit, right? So, so these modular buildings, how are they not in Revit, right? And, and that ultimately will change the upstream material selection, right? As we start to look at every individual component of the build in a 3D model in, in, in Revit type uh, technology, where we can see each aspect of it. Now I can build every board to length. I can order yes. raw materials. And, and these plants can go from what take, taking stick build products and building them in a plant to taking raw materials and designing them custom for a product, which then ultimately makes for a much less impact to the environment, right? Now we're, 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 design, we're cutting each steel component or each part of the component to length, not taking you know, what we're doing today in the field, which is taking, you know, a, a board, you know, say it's a, an eight foot wall or a nine foot wall, we're taking a 10 foot board and cutting a foot of it off. Yes. Right. I mean, that's 10% waste on every board that you cut over there. Now uh, we're able to look at, you know, you know using steel and, and actually building, uh, you know, each, each, uh, each stud, each steel stud to the exact size, right. You know, it rolls off of a sheet of flat steel and now they can actually make much stronger, much better yeah. designed uh, uh, steel studs to the exact specifications and lose no material. Yeah. And especially today, nowadays with COVID and where we got going on with wood products, you know, um, there's some, there's some meat impact there. Yeah. It's huge. You know, it's, uh, it's really interesting. You talk about Revit. We, we actually made a decision uh, this past uh, February with our entire, with our entire architectural team. So when I got to the business, we had 21 architects that were working on our buildings. We had zero control. The great thing about being a corporately owned business that builds corporate uh, stores for the most part. I mean, out of the 125 we're going to build this year, 20 of them will be franchised. And so, um, but they do use our architects. Um, we have a lot more control about how things are built and designed. But in February, we made the decision and said, hey, you guys, by the first of 2023, y'all need to be in Revit. Wow, I mean, it's, that, a, it's a fantastic. That's Hallelujah, <laughs> praise to you and your group. Hey, look, why every brand in the world is not making that move today? They're just not seeing the foresight. They're, no, they're, no they're not seeing. They're not. They're they're archaic, and it, it, it's kind of like the Uber drivers who are. Uh, you, you, the taxi drivers that don't want to go go on to Uber. Yes. It's like you stop, you're holding on to an old shield because you have some sort of investment in that shield. That's a sunken cost. Let go of it. It's Let time to invest in the future. And okay, great. I know that you've got a bunch of 2D drawers, but it's now time to start looking at changing the mechanics. Great, great hey, look, having great 2D drawers really helps go into the next level uh, much better, but it's time now to evolve because exactly. that next level that happens, you're, you, I, when you say that to me, why every brand isn't set, is setting a line in the sand and saying, hey, we're going to give you time to do it. You're going to be our team. We're going to go forward with it. Make the call and start going there. It's inspiring, right? Yeah. You, you, you're the dog who's wagging the tail, who ultimately helps everybody, right? To make that call, that's where brands, brands got to be bold. I, th I think yeah. that's, it's bold in thinking. It's a little hard to, to, to people go, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to do it. But on the other side of it, every one of these things that they're afraid of, will be so much more impactful to them, the business, and what we're doing. Uh, it, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of the, out of the construction process. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. I, th I think it's fear, right? I mean, yeah. it's, you know, listen, we're, we're a bunch of gray-haired old, yeah. you know, gray old men, you know, and uh, we sat in a room with our architects, and the look of, of horror on their face was telling, right? And the more we sat and talked about it, uh, one of the architects said, he goes, you know, he goes, every person that I interview, young person coming out of college, they never even heard of CAD. They're all working in Revit. 
And he says, he goes, he goes, honest, he goes, this is going to be a, a tough transition for our team, but he goes, it is something we need to look into. And it, it, it's, I mean, it's life-changing to your point. Yeah. It's never, it's, it's not the new guy. Yeah. It's it's the guy who owns the place. Yeah, sure. It's our our age. Yeah, right. I mean, we're the bottleneck. We we, we, we hey, for, for Christ's sakes, we have changed a lot in our life, right? Yes. I, I started with no computer, yeah. and then you know the construction world. When I remember, we were trying to get laptops on a job site. People were like, no way, they'll <laughs> never do that. It's too messy. Too. If we walked out right now and took every laptop from our job site today, this job site would get shut down. Oh yeah, right. But it, it wasn't. It was not. 10 years ago, maybe five years ago, you know, you were just starting to get the complete conversion, but 10 years ago, you know, it was not, it was not, it was tough to have that conversation. Yeah. Right. No, it's interesting. You know, you and I were talking earlier and he said, you know, he goes, you know, in, in over the uh, lifetime of my career, I've had 13 different phones, right? <laughs> my, my, my very first phone came in a briefcase that was, I did slam up on the hood of the car. It was 20 cents a minute. And I thought I was the coolest thing, you know, around, but uh, you know, now, now we're carrying an actual computer in our, in our pocket every day. It's amazing. And I think that, you know, we, we need to look at that, you know, Tesla's done it. Actually, you know, if you look at test, if you look at Tesla, the first cars on the road were actually, uh, battery operated cars they weren't they you know but the batteries didn't last long and so they went to a combustion engine and the combustion engine has been in use since you know the the 20s let's say give or take but uh and now we're going back to electric cars and things of that nature so we kind of went full circle there our brand is going full circle now we're, we're looking at and we started with mobile homes and now we're looking going back to kind of a mobile home type of unit modular unit but you do you need to take a look at you know where the industry is going in asia and in europe modular buildings are everywhere we're just starting to 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 really make an impact here in the states and it's a slow impact that you um part of the reason is because jurisdictions aren't sure what a what a modular unit is they think it's a mobile home what they don't realize it's not a stick built building this is a, a steel structure that probably has a 50-year life and is earthquake proof and hurricane proof. And I mean, there are solid, strong structures that will uh, are great buildings in, in the long run. So. You know, you know uh, when I was a kid, I was in Italy and I remember thinking I, it was, I saw my first hands-free sink. And I remember I walked out of the bathroom. I ran and got my parents. I'm like, you could, <laughs> you could wash your hands without touching the sink. Yeah. And I was, I was like maybe seven years old, maybe eight years old. And I thought that was the, the coolest thing in the world. You know, oftentimes I think we get caught up in our own, our own mojo, right? Our own yeah. uh, Americans, which is great. Like we, we have, a, our country's amazing, but sometimes we don't take on that. It's time to look some, some other people may have some ideas that are worth taking from, right? Letting go of our egos and saying, all right, it's time for us to evolve again to take another step, right? To take that next step in construction, to take that next step in history that goes, look, uh, you know, because we have been stick building forever and we have this whole troop of, of people that are great at stick building, but what's the impact, right? You know, yeah. uh, the other day I saw a study that said 9% of all materials that we bring to a job site end up in a waste heap. Yeah. Right, I mean, that's before they even use it, right? I mean, it's it's, it's cut, put a thing, thrown in a dumpster. Nine percent of all of that, they're just, I mean, the hundreds of millions of, of 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 pounds of waste that we put out there. What's that impact on our world? Just that's just that that one idea, right? And as we start to look at the other ones and go, 
all right, maybe there's a smarter way of doing this. And, and uh, as we allow ourselves to be vulnerable again, yes. right? Like we were talking about his leadership. I even felt a little stupid as I evolved, right? I, yeah. I, I felt, you know, when, it, when she locked that door on me, I was on the other side of that room, like, like I, I felt a little, I felt a little stupid, a little, a little vulnerable. Yeah. Right. But somewhere in there, there was this ability that to let them grow and the new ideas started to flourish and the company that we became. And I believe that the country that we are, we're, we're a powerful country making these changes takes a little bit to do. Yeah. But on the other side of it, we all know that that's the right move. Right. And as we look at the plants and the, yeah, so I think that's a sort of look at to talk about a little bit is, you know, the to make the change over to modular is going to take a little bit from all of us. Yes. Right. I mean, uh, look, any guy in a in a pickup truck can be a contractor tomorrow, right? You get a good F one fifty, slap your Magnus on the side, walk up the doors, and knock out, and now you're in business. Yes. Right. To be a modular company isn't that easy. No, no way. You know, you look at the trajectory of growth that we've had over these past few years, and you're talking about the lumber and waste and things of that nature. The the demand for lumber can't keep up, you know, with, with the industry today. And so that's why we're seeing the numbers go through the roof. I mean, you know, for whatever reason that is, but a lot of it is just supply and demand. Um, we have got to come up with different materials to build. And and there's a few companies out there that are making that happen, right? There's a company called Crexy. They're out of... Uh, um canada and they, have, they actually have done a building with starbucks uh, now they've only done one but i mean they're, they're they're trying different materials and trying different things to see hey how can we build better you know or, you know cheaper um, I, I was actually here in chicago about four weeks ago and i went to a 3d modeling convention and i and part of the reason i went there was to see hey what what's happening in the industry for building the people I spoke to said, hey, look, we've been doing this for 20 years. The advancements in 20 years have been amazing, but we're not quite there yet to do a full 3D printed building. But they go, it's probably five years away. It's probably not not as far away as we expect it to be. So it's, there's a lot of things on the horizon that, that I, I think if, to your point, I you know, we, you know, there's a there's a thought that this next generation is, hey, they're, they're not going to work as hard as we are. They're not going to have the ideas that we have, I, I think they're going to be better. I think over time, it just takes a while to get your foothold. And, you know, they're going to work differently than we work. I mean, we were we, we were talking about how, you know, I, I work still 67 hours a week. I'm 57 years old. You know, I'll probably do that to the day I die, you know, but, but it's, it's, it's how I grew up. It's just stuff yeah. and hard work. And, but it's also too, it's, it's, to your point, it's opening up the door and letting, letting those ideas flow upwards and, and flow outwards and uh, embracing that you know the uh uh th that's a big one right because I, I most of my career it's been just sheer force yes right i mean i just i, I get up earlier than everybody else I, I work later and i and a lot of the young people are now i'm not saying that they're not you know but sometimes young people get this bad rap yeah and you know uh, we've had meetings where we bring the older team together and the younger team together. And some of them started off kind of ugly. I mean, I remember <laughs> we had one one meeting we brought them all together, and uh, the the older guys were like, you know, the, the meeting started. The first sentence is out of the out of everybody. The, the older guys were like, "All you young people want are bean bags and ping pong tables." And I'm like, "Uh oh, this is going to go sideways." Yeah. And uh, and 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 then the young people were like, "All you all you older guys want is us to follow you," and you know. And, and, you know, for a long time, 
there was that there was a lot of that right i mean you know when we were tribal to know the woods to know where the lions and tigers were was important yeah right and there was a time when that was valuable and today what's happening is so so it, there's some value to things that the that, that you know historical uh, folks have like you and i carry but there's also some value to their new discovery right there's some young people in our office today that you know, I, I had a meeting with uh, with our chief op, or the uh, VP of operations, and he's doing stuff. I had a meeting with him yesterday, and I just reveled in how wise he was. Yeah. He's almost, you know, you know, he's he's 20 years younger than me, and he's doing things on smart sheet and communication with with multiple teams that. <laughs> I mean, I'd have five programs put together <laughs> yeah. to put that together. I, I, you know, uh, and, and they're archaic and they're a little rough to use. And he can communicate with four or five different brands with APIs that he set up, and they it communicates to their systems differently. And um, I sat there where I took a moment and just really just enjoyed the wisdom that they the way he looked at it was much different than I did. And I think that's what's going to take a lot of us to be able to go. All right let's let's bring that in let's support them and what, whatever they need to, to get there because they're going to lead us the way they're, they're going to yeah. lead the, the way to it and what we get to bring them is maybe the wisdom of, of 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 ability to show them hey we can evolve and by the way you're going to need to evolve also as you grow right i think you're just showing that vulnerable in that vulnerability of of being able to change yeah no doubt i you know and you you look at uh, you look at uber for instance right it wasn't a taxi driver the thought of uber it was somebody who recognized a need and says, man, there's a better way of doing this. You look at Airbnb, same thing. There's a, there's a different or better way of doing this that can, that other people can monetize. And, uh, you know, you, you, that, those have changed entire industries, the hotel industry and the, and the uh, taxi industry are forever changed because of that. And, and I think we need some kind of shakeup like that in the construction industry. We're not there. I think we're tiptoeing around it. Um, to your point, it's a big investment, right? Um, I was out at a company called Extreme Cubes last week in Las Vegas, and uh, I mean they're they're trying to find ways to automate the entire system for a modular build. And you know they they make their own studs. We we talked a little bit about that where they have the flat metal and they make the stud and the the tensile strength is strength is unbelievable. I mean, you could bounce up and down on those two by fours they make and they don't move, but when they come out they're all labeled and numbered. So when it goes out to the factory they put them in the exact order in the exact spot it has all the holes you know for all the the feeds for plumbing electrical already you know, cut into it and uh it's an absolutely amazing process so that's something you need to see at some point oh i think that's the that's fun right they're they're, yeah. they're looking at it you know like the difference between uh you know the way uh uh, you and I change tires the way NASCAR people change tires, <laughs> yes. right? I mean, their their uh, uh, their ability. To, you and I may take a half hour on a good day if it's not buried under the crap in my back my back <laughs> yeah. stuff that's in there. And by the time I get it out, and then my son probably borrowed my log wrench somewhere yeah. and took it off. It's probably not in my car when I need to get it. <laughs> yeah. So I got to wait for someone to stop and let me borrow their lug wrench, and I got to get one that fits the car that I'm in. And although now I have a test side, it's called roadside service and they come. So oh, that's, that's, yeah. that, that helps. But you know, the, and where the NASCAR folks, boom, 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 they're changing a tire in three or four seconds, right? I mean, it's yeah. seconds that change. And, and I think that's just, that's what's happening is companies like them are, are starting to find ways to take out every one of the components of it. You know, uh, 
Uh, we worked on that in, in the bar business, right? We always had these like triangles in the bar business, yes. right? Everything that you needed to get to, and it was easy to get, to get there. And, you know, we had uh, efficiency experts come in and work with the bar brands that, to make those as efficient as you could. Everything you needed was right there. But we don't do that in, in, our, in our, sometimes I think, I feel like we're genius. When we move a porta potty closer to people. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah we're like, oh, we're, we'll, we're genius. <laughs> Look at, we saved 25 steps and, you know, the levels by which we can go up, uh, get, start getting a lot more fun. Oh, amen. I, you know, it's really interesting as, as my older brother took over my dad's business. And, uh, I remember when they were going through the transition and just, just the way that my dad used to manage different things. And my brother would go, Hey, what, have you ever thought about doing it this way or that way? My dad goes, you know, I've been doing it the same way for 20 years. And he goes, you probably saved me, you know, 50% on the, on the cost and 50% on the time just by a small tweak, by asking the right question, right? And I think that naivety is probably something that we need to embrace, you know? It, it is, it's, it's you know, like I say, you see, I see it every day. I'm like, I, I, I watch the way that I'm doing something. And uh, one of my team members will, will offer a new, new idea or new way of doing it, and I'm blown away, you know, so. Yeah, I, I have a hard time when, uh, when we do presentations or, or processes, you know, I, I, I go to sit down with the team. I want to go pull my files out and pull out my old flowcharts. Yeah. And I've got bookshelves of flowcharts I can show you. <laughs> yeah. But there's something about when I don't pull it out and they reinvent their own. Yeah. Right. I can help them sometimes see something they can't see, which is kind of fun. Right. I can I, not being in the fire. Uh, I think that's a lot of the value that we can offer is that I'm not in the day to day fire with them. And sometimes I can come in and see just a process that happens a little bit smarter. And, you know, I think that's what's happening with the modular world, right? As, as you know, every three to five years, we have this run at modular, right? And more and more brands are getting it. The, the modular home business is is, is blowing away, right? Uh, mobile homes are, are, are phenomenal, the work they're doing in the mobile home business. As like, like the construction business, we're getting technologies from other industries. Yes. Right? I mean, I, I, I'm looking at, uh, I had a meeting with some guys here the other day who are taking... Uh, X-ray technology and uh, EKG technology and all the stuff they're using in the medical world. Uh, a group of Israeli—they uh, were former generals for the Israeli army, right? Wow. These genius guys—they're they yeah. really, really smart. They're from uh, M31 or a, a very specialty branch of the Israeli army. And before they, um, before the you know, Israeli special forces, and before they even got uh, uh, their first product built out, someone invested 19 million dollars in them. I'm like, they don't even have a product. They, wow. they, they're still taking uh, six or seven different machines and rolling around a job site as an experiment. And now what they're trying to do is combine them so that they can get these ground penetrating radar. They can take x-ray, they can take sonar. They're taking seven different measuring devices so they can go up to as, 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 as deep as a mile into the ground and be able to see the different components of it. Shales, stones, finishes. I mean, they, that's genius, right? I mean, right? I mean, remember the days when you you get that ground penetrating radar, a guy looking like with a motor or with like a lawnmower walking yeah. around, and you see these little waves, and you're trying to decipher what that wave means, right? You know, is that a is that a layer of shale, or did someone bury a doll or something? You, you know, <laughs> but now they can see through things and shapes and sizes, and you know, I, I think where that goes is you know they've taken something that's in the medical world. They're bringing it over to the uh, to the to the construction world, and they even say they're, they're going to get to a point where they're going to be able to fly that over a job site. Yeah, right. They, that's that's pretty cool. That's phenomenal. I mean, like I said, the technology is uh, you know every time I walk out on a job site, you know it's 
here's the thing. I mean, you've been doing this long enough in your career. You walk out on a job site and you see master plumbers and you see master drywallers. I mean, I, I, I literally sat on a job site for 20 minutes one day just to watch a drywaller work. I've never seen anybody work so fast and efficiently in my life. And I mean, and I mean, he would throw the tape up and he would go, go out and he would, you know, score the, score the drywall and throw it up there and it, it matched perfectly every time. And I mean, it was within seconds. Now, I, I couldn't understand what he was doing so quickly. Yeah. And, I, and I just had to, I just followed him around and just watch, watch him work. I mean, there's some people that are just so good at their job or they have such a grasp of what it is they need to get done, but it's, it's a mechanical, right? Yeah. And I think that uh, to your point, you can apply that in a lot of different fashions. Um, and, and I'd love to see that in the module world. It's, it's coming. I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I think we're right on, right on the cusp. There's a uh, um, conference called Advancing Prefabrication. I went to it a couple of years. Um, it was more on a larger scale for hotels and apartment buildings and things of that nature. And they're doing it. I mean, they're, but, but it takes them before they even start the build. It's a year and a half to two years of them planning where everything's going to go, how it's going to lay out. It's just a lot different. It's a lot different type of work, but once the plan is designed and they're ready to manufacture, I mean, it, it, it's quick. They spit out the manufacturing process fast yeah Yeah. so i I think that's a lot of the hurdles that we're learning right i think why you know sears and roebuck had a one of my my first house was a sears and roebuck catalog house wow right and uh it was built in like 1931 and the original owner uh, he came by right he was this old guy and he was the original owner of the building and um he came by and showed me pictures when he was building it right He, he bought it for 2500 bucks Wow. And you could buy it for uh, it was twenty five hundred bucks for the for the thing, and it came on a on, on a on a uh, rail car, and then it was another twenty five hundred bucks if you wanted them to assemble it, right? I'm like, this is our twenty two hundred bucks, something like that. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, they've gone through a couple of owners since he was there, but he had all these original like they were the old. Uh, the, the old pictures that you kind of put in a, in the, in the box and looked at it, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, it kind of had a little oh, wow. stick stuck out of it. And he was showing me these. And I'm like, this is really cool. And um, like every component of the, of it had like, I, I refinished all the woodwork. Someone had painted it all. It was originally just beautiful Oak wood. And I, I was and every night I'd come home and I'd just take one door jam off and I'd, I'd strip one and then I'd, I'd finish one and then I'd hang one. Right. I yeah. had this like little assembly line in my basement <laughs> and uh, you know, I was kind of, you know, I was, I was, I was 20, I don't know, 23 years old, 24 years old. I was young and I just got my first real job and, and I bought a house and, and it was sweat equity, right? You know, you did when oh, you were yeah. young, it was all that sweat equity <laughs> yeah. we did. But, uh, you know, Sears and Roebuck had a run at pre at modular prefab homes, right? They're kind of prefab done. Now, uh, at, at, when I was in my, in my late, late twenties, we were building extended stay Americas. And we would take the entire room and we'd package it up into a bundle. We'd take the bed, the, the carpet, the, the the nightstand, every part of it, and we'd put it in there and we'd slide it into the room before we'd close with the front wall. And we were going to save hundreds of thousands of steps up and down the stairs because no one wanted to let us use the elevator because, you know, it's a new elevator. They, they, they wanted So you had to carry all that stuff in and all the beating it would do to the building. And we thought, we're genius. Yeah. And by, by, by Moore's law, today we should be building hotels you know, in a weekend. Yeah. But again, I think the industry goes back a little bit, right? Because the rest of the systems aren't there yet, right? The part you're talking about, the the setup, right? The part of it that can see the design work, right? And now that's starting to come, right? With BIM technology, that was yes. a big change during the last few years, right? Being able to see, take, take the digital world 
and the physical world and make it digital, right? And, and then vice versa, take the digital world and make it physical, right? So there's a lot of stuff now that is helping make that evolution happen where uh, you didn't have that before. You were taking, you know, these 2D drawings and trying to design these systems way out there. Today with Revit, right, and being able to go modularize with BIM, being able to, you know, I, we were with uh, some guys the other day that had uh, HoloLens glasses that you can flip them on with the total station and uh, you can now uh, see the whole entire job site in 3D while you're in while you're in the work while you're on the job site. So you can yes. see right where the wall needs to be, and you know you kind of flip your lenses up, and you know you're in the physical world. You flip them down, you're in you can see the digital world right there. And I mean th that's a that's, that's a, a phenomenal phenomenal, right? So yeah. so th those are the breakthroughs that we needed to support this. I think a lot of the module stuff we're doing where the ideas were there. Now stuff to support it is coming up to catch up to the ideas to support that. So that that upfront work doesn't have to be a year. It can get a little smarter and faster uh, in that development. I think we're going to see that really start to boom uh, where where we go. Yeah, I, 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 you know we we talked a little bit. I you know my, my biggest fear, I, and it's it's justified or unjustified, is the people that will be left behind. There there will be. A, a core group of people that will be left behind, right? Because you know, not everybody has the the skill set to to operate in that kind of uh, function, you know, functional environment. So, so what does that mean for the labor market, right? The labor market market is going to shift. Uh, the one thing about the modular program is, you know, it's controlled costs in a controlled environment with controlled materials. To your point, it's more sustainable. It's less waste. I mean, there's so many great advantages of the modular program, <clears throat> and maybe it's, you know, we need to go back to the days when we're training skills for, you know, you know, manual functional labor versus, you know, everybody wants to get a college education because they want to be the smartest person in the room. And, you know, listen, I, I was on the 10 year college program. I did it for, you know, my own, my own benefit. <laughs> I don't know how much it served me, honestly, over the years, I wanted that piece of paper. I had now my master's degree, something that, that I wanted, but you know, at the end of the day, um, the jobs that I've had have been fairly blue collar. Everything that I've learned over the years, yeah. I, I probably didn't need to go to school for that quite honestly. Yeah. So maybe, maybe school is just the extension of your childhood, right? Exactly. Right. Maybe yeah. it's a, it's that transition that goes, all right, maybe it's time to learn how to do my own laundry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and how to have a keg party and not get busted because <laughs> exactly. right? there's some value to that yeah. whole thing. So there is, you know, that, that whole transition of, of it, but you know, the, you know, for, for a long time, we answered phones, you know, five, five, five Chicago and it was a switchboard. Yes. And then we went to the bell phones, right. And there was a whole team of people that built bell phones. My next door neighbor, Mr. Funky, was a bell phone technician. He climbed yeah. those poles every day. And I thought he was fascinating. He'd climb up there and he could hook up phones. And and it was just a fascinating guy. And today, I don't know anybody that's got a, I mean, my mother was the last of the, of the people that had a home phone, right? And I think in our office, we got we got a couple of landlines here that uh, we can, but the bell system's changing, right? Yes. And people are, are still getting, we're going to have some people that have a hard time with the transition. They're always going to be that guy. Yeah. But in, in, in the same way that you take the time to say, hey, it's time to evolve your team, and they're going to be shocked at first once they get through the other side of it, right? Because remember, everything that's great in life is right on the other side of scaring the crap out of me. Oh, amen. Right? I mean, I, I scare the crap out of myself. Yeah. And I think about it. And then on the other side, I'm like, oh, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. Right? I, I get more freedom or I get more, you know, I, I get to be another way. And I think that's 
what it'll lead to just in the moment it feels overwhelming it does you know it's funny you look you look at elon musk i mean it's a great example i mean who tells him no i mean (laughs) the man has an idea i mean he's he's all in um the gentleman that owns extreme cubes his name is don ahern's he owns uh, ahern's rentals and uh very, very financially successful guy and just to hear his hear him talk and hear the way his mind works he's at that same mindset and i think there's a certain group of people that like man if, if i think i can do it i'm i'm going for it i'm all in and I, it's unfortunate that more of us aren't like that yeah. right there's a lot of fear you know behind that where they're like yeah. hey and elon musk even starting tesla he's like you know i, I was all in because i almost went out of business right a couple times spacex I mean, you know, he has a solar panel company, so it's solar, it's solar run, I believe. But I mean, he's done everything that he has put his mind to, and he's he's had failures along the way. Yeah. But it's it's that growth mindset, right? There's a Carol DeWick, she's from Stanford University, and it's, the whole thing is about, you know, the gist of it is failing forward. You you take all the knowledge you have, um, all the uh, experiences, as well as um, you know, listening to the to the. Uh, people on the way up. And that's how you define how you're going to, how you're going to grow your business or how you're going to grow, you know, as a person. So it's, it's actually pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I love it. You know, the, uh, the first I, I got, I, I bought a Tesla. I, uh, I went on a test drive with my next door neighbor. He, he calls me up and he goes, Hey, uh, you want to go, uh, you, you want to go on a te- you want to go on a test drive for this Tesla thing? I'm like, yeah, you're going to go. I got, I got a booking. <laughs> we're going to go to the mall and test drive. I'm like, what they sell the cars in the mall because yeah we're gonna we're gonna go over the oakbrook mall and we're gonna test drive a tesla and we get in this thing and we drive around and i'm like oh my god i could see the future yeah right i could see it i, I got in this car i'm like this is the future I, you, you can see one day i'll never I, i'll never need to touch a steering wheel again yeah like i'll be able to be in my car and hang out with my family and do stuff and it'll drive me wherever i need to go safer i, I could i could see it in that moment and i walked out and i bought the car yeah, and I I, call, I remember my wife had called me at the time, and she goes, uh, "What are you doing?" I go, uh, uh, I'm, "I'm buying a, a car." She goes, well, "What kind of car are you buying?" And I, I go, "I'm buying a Tesla." And her and my son like looked at the price, and she's like, "I'm going to kill you." And I'm like, I'm gonna, <laughs> "But now you can't get her out of the car." You know? yeah. she, she got in it, but but even with that, he is he set this vision of where it was going to go, and the truth was, it's not completely self driving. I got it right. It could go. It could get on the highway and stay in a lane and and keep you away from me. But over the time they've had it, it continues to get smarter, right? And I think that's what we got to do is that we're not going to get 100% where we need to go with the ideas. Right? We're yeah. going to go 100% modular. We're going to go modular. We're going to go Revit. You're going to set the goal out there, and there's going to be some lagging parts to it that will catch up because we don't realize how much more in development little things need to figure out. You know, you know uh, uh, his logic with, with it, uh, with going camera versus LIDAR, it's genius. At the end, it'll be a much smarter technology, but it's going to take a little bit more to get to that point. And I think, I think that's what you're doing, right? As you're, as you and your brand move over to Revit and you're going to scare some of some of the architects that are doing it, some will go and some will be fearful, but ultimately at the end, when they're on the other side of that, Every one of them, I believe, will look at you and go, I, I wish I would have done this sooner. No, I wholeheartedly agree. I, you know, it, it is. And sometimes it takes somebody forcing your hand, right? And uh, like, as we discussed, there's a lot of pushback. And yeah. uh, so, but, but I think at the end of the day, we're going we're gonna to be better for it. I mean, there's still a lot of things that you cannot do um, in the field. Um, 
I mean, we can manufacture the building, but we can't, we, we still have to touch the property, right? We still have to trench for the, for the utilities and we still have to, you know, grade everything out and compact the dirt and, you know, do everything we need to get the site ready for the modular building. That's all labor intensive. That's probably, if you look at our building now, it's probably 60 days out of the 122 day build is, is that site prep getting ready. And then we set the building in place and then we probably have another three to four weeks of, you know, finish, finishing all the paving, you know, having all the inspection, things of that nature. So, you know, we're still probably, you know, we're still probably about 90 days um, with a modular build, um, but it's still, it's, it's better, right? Time is money. I mean, those are lots, all the days that we can, we can trim off the schedule are more days that we can be open and generating an income for our brand. So it is something that's, you know, something that's very important to us and, and we'll get there. We, we think we can, at some point, we'll be, get it down to about, about a 60 to 65 day build. That's our ultimate goal. I, you know, so we, I did a podcast the other day with a group that has a site, they're mining 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Actually 23 hours a day. They, they're down for an hour a day to do maintenance. They, they go in and they check the oil, the temperature, and then set up all the logistics of it. But they're mining. Imagine these massive mining vehicles, big, you know, big great or big, you know, big giant uh, backhoes and 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 dump trucks moving hundreds of tons of material, completely unmanned. And I'm looking at it going. There's eight trucks on this mining site, all moving simultaneously in different spots with not a human in it. And you know, you can you, you, we squint our eyes. And you can yeah. imagine that on our job site. I mean, and that's one of the big things about our job sites is today we are. You know, our guys get in at six, they're done at two from two to the next morning at six o'clock. It's an empty job site. Yeah. Right. If we're able to take that thing and go, all right, how could these vehicles be able to do this 24 hours a day sustainable? Now, now look at first thing, of course, everybody's going to say, I want safety. I don't want that vehicle going off course and driving through my neighbor's house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's going to, you know, it, it, that's going to cause us to slow down and just really think about what we're doing to make sure that we've got, uh, you know, we're, we're not just running out like cowboys, letting autonomous vehicles run with heavy, heavy material in them, uh, you know, with kids and people around it because we want to be safe. So some of that's going to take a little bit of the, the evolution, but you can see where that's the one we want to get to. Now, how do we start to line that up and, uh, you know, get those, uh, those site vehicles you know, a, a lot of the site work that we do, even today, even the site work we do, uh, you know, some of the brands we work with, we do so much more over excavating and over oh, yeah. because we can't see the ground. Yeah. I mean, how, how oftentimes do you do a site work where you're pulling out eight by eight, you know, material just because there could be, right? You just want to, you know, some engineers over engineered it, you know, and gone another step to go, ah, I just got to make sure that's compact. Right now, with maybe this group of from Israel that's able to look at the actual materials that are there, and what maybe it's maybe I can do this with a spread footer, maybe I can do this with a different uh, way of doing it. I don't have to uh, guess. It. So I think we're going to continue to see that, and maybe that's the fun part for the young folks that are, that are coming in. Right, they're 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 able to really help push spur on some of those things we started, and. Uh, uh, take that, take that, you know, take that path and go, all right, cool. That's going to be fun to, to go down. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because how many times you've been on a job site where you punch holes all, <laughs> all over the job and then you go and you take your first shovel full and you hit a car. I mean, it, it happens, right? I mean, it's happened to me, you know, 50 times in my career. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it is, it's kind, of, it's kind of approaching, kind of approaching things differently, you, you know, but it, it, it's really interesting. I mean, just, just talking with you and what you're doing here with this podcast, 
it may sound trivial to a lot of people, maybe people at home watching are thinking, well, you know, these are, these are two talking heads, right? Um, but maybe it'll strike, maybe it'll strike somebody the right way to, to get them motivated to, to try something different. And, uh, and I think that that's where it, it starts with an idea, right? You can, you can be in the world of ideas and just spin around ideas. We call that analysis paralysis. And, um, or you can take the idea and implement them. And I think that that's been the exciting thing about the modular program. Um, when you and I talked earlier, we, we actually have three modular companies that we're, we're utilizing right now. Um, we had one that was struggling a little bit in, in Texas to get approvals through the state. And we're like, hey, you're holding us up. We've got to yank your contract because we got to have one of these other modular companies come in and finish it. Well, the only problem is, is, you know, the envelope of the building was different. That, that was problem number one. The points of connection were different. And so it made, made us realize, like, wait a second, we need to standardize, you know, these modular buildings. We, we have prototype drawings for our stick builds. We need to have a quasi-prototype, you know, all manufacturing processes are a little different, but we're, we're trying to figure out a way to have a prototype modular design that we can be, that can be utilized across, you know, two or three brands. So it's something that we were just starting on today because of what happened a couple of weeks back. So those are the things that, like I said, I think will help us get to where we need to faster. You know, it, it's keep you keep hitting those spots, right? You keep us another spot you hit, and all right, good. Here we learn. Now we have to get multiple brands. I mean, so each one of them has a different speed, a different uh, materials, different parts and pieces. Now every time you bump up against another learning curve, now now you put you know, uh, I say everything we do is expand, right? We expand our ideas, yeah, and then we organize. But what happens in between the two of those? Yeah. It's crazy as crap. A lot of pivoting. Right. It's yeah, a yeah. lot of crazy as crap, right? Yeah. You know, all the stuff you're like, ah, you're like, oh, that's, that's why I'm bald. Yeah. That's, that's all that stuff in between. <laughs> you know, then you get to organize. You're like, all right, now that makes it easier. But um, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's a joy that we think this way. We, we stop our day enough to think. And maybe there's some of the mastery of having some wisdom or having some age to us yeah. and a little experiences that we can stop. You know, as a kid, I, uh, I worked for this guy, Tom Walters, and Tom, I, I, I was working crazy. I remember I landed one day, I'd flown every day, yeah. and I landed, I came into the office for a design meeting with an architect, and I walked into his office, and he was reading the newspaper, he was reading the Wall Street Journal, and I'm like, Tom, how could you be, how could you be reading the newspaper? I got, I've been flying for seven days in a row, and I'm, a, I'm here for a meeting for a couple <laughs> hours, and I'm leaving this afternoon, I gotta go here, and he's like, Anthony, gotta remember it, and for us to really develop, you gotta think. Right. There's got to be a little bit of thinking in what we're doing. Right. We got to think a little bit. If we run, 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 sometimes we can't see the fire. Right. We got to yeah. stop and sharpen the saw. Right. And I was like, ah, oh, words of wisdom that uh, at the time I was just thought he was a crazy old guy. Yeah. Today I look back and I'm like, man, it was just a genius way of, of looking at it. And, you know, and I, I, maybe I, even then I didn't even have the things to think about. Right. Cause I didn't know how big a net to cast on stuff. I was, I was throwing a big net on every idea that I had. And, uh, you know, I thought Bruce Strength could get me there. So, uh, Danny, I, I got to tell you, I love our time together. Yeah, amen. You know, it's 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 been a joy from the second we met, and uh, you know, uh, my, I think my wife would say the same thing, brother. I, I hope that we can continue to do this. I, you know, I, we get out to Vegas. I want to go see that plant. Yes, I think sure. it makes sense for us to go spend some time in the plant. We'll maybe we'll do a live podcast with them out there. Yeah, that'd be great. I think it'd be kind of fun to take the show on the road and uh, go show off some of the cool new modular stuff that's happening. And, uh, you know, it really is a, it's a pleasure to have you and uh, look forward to having you on some more. 
I appreciate it, Anthony. It, it, it's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of laughs. And uh, <laughs> again, I, I appreciate your spirit and your your humility. Is, uh, it's a blessing to see. So thank yeah. you. Thanks, brother. Thank All you. right. Well, let's, uh, if you guys like the podcast, please take a second and hit, hit, uh, hit the subscribe button. Please, please, please. It's the only way we really know that uh, we're making some impact. If you've got some comments about it or a guest or somebody you want us to see, take a second and write that right down below. Uh, we're going to connect links to a bunch of the things we talked about down below and uh, look forward to having you on some future shows. So uh, thanks for listening. I am completely grateful uh, for the time. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montategi, always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.